welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 113 for Saturday the 11th of August 2018. Now this is a slightly different format this week because I'm recording it on Tuesday night because I'm going away for my mum's 80th birthday and I'm not going to be back until Sunday. So I'm not going to be around to record my normal author diary. So what I'm going to do is just bring you up to date. It'll be a little bit briefer than usual. I want to go through my week one book bub earnings. I'm going to give you the first seven days of earnings and let you know where we're up to with the launch. Uh, give you a couple of little bits of news. And then we've got a special bonus this week in that you'll remember me talking to you last week saying that while I was riding high on iBooks, Adam Croft reached out to me on Facebook and was asking me how I was getting where I was getting. And we were just having a little chat about that. And Adam mentioned that he's actually got a new book out about uh, mindset for indie authors. So we decided to record a, an interview. And it was actually, uh, I think, more like a consultation session with the doctor, for goodness sake, because I had Adam Croft going through my strategy at the moment and giving me advice on advertising, what to do on iBooks and all sorts of things. So when you hear my first seven days worth of income and when I bring you up to date with the BookBub launch, it's really interesting to hear what Adam says because he puts it all into some context. So listen out for that. The interview's coming at the end of the regular diary bit. So let's take a look at week one income. This is the first seven days after the launch. Now, remember this launch was wide. When you go on Amazon, you get five days of being free. And last time when I did my book bub, I had to make sure, I'm never really quite sure about time zones and things. And to be honest with you, maybe a little bit lazy about calculating them. So just to be absolutely sure, I make my books free on the Sunday so that by the time the book bub comes in there, you know, they're free um, all over the place in the world. So in many respects, you've only got four days before the book goes back to its regular price. Now, when you go wide, of course, you're, you're not under any of those constraints. You can keep the book free as long as you want. And I've kept the book free. It's still free at the moment. I don't know how long I'll keep it for free. But all the time I'm seeing the book um, get snatched up for free, and I'm also seeing income coming in from books two and three, it would feel fairly crazy to me to put a price on it because I'm getting good read-throughs. I'm more than covering the price of the advertising and I'm sort of well in profit from it. So I'm just going to keep throwing ads at it until I get to a point where I think, okay, well, hang on, I'm not making money out of this anymore. So let me just uh, illustrate why that is when I tell you about the kind of income over the past seven days. So in 2017, when I did my first book bub, and remember, it was the same books, dodgy covers, um, and I was getting the benefit because I was in KDP Select, I got the benefit of not only sales, but reads. And I had well over half a million reads. So I was very nervous about going wide because I wanted to know what was going to compensate me for the fact that I wasn't going to get reads on this promo. I was only going to get sales from Kindle. So when I did the first book, Bub, my day one income was £190. My day two income was £190.13. It was £166.94 on day three, £193.56 on day four, 
Day five, 196 pounds and a penny. On day six, 223 pounds 76. And on day seven, 248 pounds 28. Now, why did I, did my income go up on day six and seven? My guess is, is that because people were reading through, I was then, well, there's two reasons for it. Number one, BookBub throws a massive amount of traffic at your page. And so if you think about it, by day five, the book was charged. Um, the five-day promo was done, and people, any traffic that was coming to my page was coming to a page that was supposed to be free, but the offer was over, and it was now paid. So I attribute that to the increase of sales, and I also attribute the fact that people were reading through the series to the increase in sales on day six and day seven. So I'll put these numbers on the resources page, by the way. And to be honest with you, um, what I would recommend, I should have said this right at the beginning, is I would look at the resources page while I'm talking so that you can see the numbers. Otherwise, they just kind of wash over you like a glaze. But I have put all these numbers on this week's page on the website at selfpublishingjourneys.com. So here's my 2018 income. On day one, 2000, I beg your pardon, that's in my dreams, that is. On day one, £216.64 from Amazon. Remember, I made £190 from Amazon on day one in the previous time. So we were up about £26 on day one from Amazon. But then on day one, I made £30. I'm going to round these up, actually. £30 on iBooks, £17 on Barnes & Noble, and £40 on Kobo. So my day one income, when I went wide, was actually £305. So I was up £115 on my first promo when I was exclusive. On day two, £156 on Amazon. So that was less on Amazon on day two, but £50.40 on iBooks, £16 on Barnes & Noble, 16 on Kobo. So my income on day two was £240. I was up £50 from my first launch. My day two income and Amazon income was considerably down. It was about half what it was last time. So £88.64 on Amazon, but iBooks is up. So £86 on iBooks, £25 on Barnes & Noble, and £7 on Kobo, which means my day's income on day three was £208 compared to £166 when I was just on Amazon. So I was up £41 on that day. Day four income, £94 from Amazon. Now, iBooks starts to kick in. You listen to these iBooks earnings now. I've kicked in on the iBooks infrastructure and we're getting read-throughs. Because we're getting read-throughs, I'm now beginning to chart on paid books on iBooks. So £94 on Amazon, £127 on iBooks, 16 on Barnes & Noble, um, just short of £7 on... Uh, what's the other one? Have I got that right? Hang on. Just to figure out that it looks like I've missed out I've missed something out. Hang on, let's just read my figures. Yeah, I've missed a figure out somewhere there. Barnes & Noble. That's right. No, sorry, I, I, I know I've done. So it's uh, £7 on Kobo, beg your pardon. I just hadn't put the words Kobo in there. So £244 on day four compared to 193 That was up 50 quid on the deal. So day five, 122 on Amazon, 130 on iBooks, 21 on Barnes & Noble, and 11 on Kobo. So my Day five income was £285. I was up £61 on the first launch. Now, if you remember, day six and seven, we had a sudden flurry. We were These were the first days where I went over £200 in my first launch. So £223 on day six with launch one in October 2017. £248 on day seven 
in, in the first launch. So day six, this time around, £118 on Amazon, £125 on iBooks. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong figures. I beg your pardon. £120 on Amazon, £134 on iBooks, £13 on Barnes & Noble, six fifty one on Kobo. So my day six income was two seven five, and that was up twenty six pounds from the first launch. And then finally, day seven income one hundred and eighteen pounds on Amazon, one hundred and twenty five on iBooks, thirty one on Barnes and Noble, seven on Kobo. So my day seven income was two hundred and eighty two pounds. That was up thirty four pounds and foot nineteen pence. So every day across the board, I have earned more so far than I did on my first launch. And my earnings over the first seven days, and these are estimated, by the way, because Draft the Digital only gives me estimates. I don't know whether these are going to go up or down. Who knows? Uh, but from, from the data that I can get, and I've had to do dollars to pounds conversions, all this sort of stuff. So there's a margin of error in here. But my earnings over the first seven days, I calculate to be about £1,841.54. That's what that all adds up to. So um, that's pretty good. I hope you'll agree. Now, what I don't know is how that's going to go over the next you know, couple of weeks. Um, because as I said to you in the first launch, you're always going to, or you're generally going to see some decay. But actually, you're not seeing that decay, or I'm not seeing that decay at the moment. The reason for that is, is I've been running ads. And I started running ads really in response to conversations with Adam and, I, and, and Adam Nichols. And, um, and actually, at the time I'm recording this, I'm just going to refresh my Facebook account. I've been doing really well on Facebook. And they have just locked my account for some unspecified reason, which I'm really annoyed about. Am I still locked? Yeah. So I've been locked by Facebook. Your ad account has been flagged for policy violations. Any ads you're running have been turned off. If you believe this is a mistake, please contact us. I believe it's a mistake. I've contacted you. Blooming Facebook. And by the way, this is a, a lesson about, you know, building a platform your platform on somebody else's platform. They can just freeze you like that and uh, when your ads are going really well and just lock you, just like that. So now I've got to mess around with Facebook trying to find out what ridiculous, petulant reason they've found to irrationally lock all of my ads when it probably is one ad that might be an issue. Maybe somebody's reported and they just lock the lot. It's crazy. It's like dealing with a petulant child Facebook. It's no way to, to run a business. Um, so we'll wait to see what that's all about. Uh, in the meantime, my ads aren't running. Thank you very much, Facebook, for that. Um, so I've, I am spending money on Facebook ads, and I also I am also spending, for the first time, quite a lot of money on BookBub ads. And the reason I'm spending them on BookBub ads is because I can so, with, with laser precision, I can target people on iBooks and Kobo, as well as Amazon. So those earnings, you need to knock off about £65 of, of Facebook ads at about £50 on BookBub ads, um, you know, which is not a huge amount to spend, but I, you know, I feel they're going well. And in the interview that follows this chat, Adam uh, Croft will put that into some context for us. So I am paying um, for ads big time um, because it's keeping me really high in the Amazon charts and it's keeping me really high in the iBooks charts. And on iBooks this week, I've been on the front page uh, sort of special feature on their front page. I've been number four, number five of free books, it seems virtually for a week. And I'm also, can't remember where I am right at this moment, but I'm quite high as I record this in the paid books. Let me just find the screenshot. I am, I'm right actually in the paid books. I'm 
as I record this, 51 in all have paid on iBooks. And I'm right next to J.K. Rowling and uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which is just hilarious. And um, yeah, Don't Tell Meg is number four in free. This is at the time of recording this. It might not be the, the case. In the iBooks Crime and Thrillers paid chart, uh, Murder Place is 23. Forgotten Children is 35, which is, I think, the highest position Forgotten Children has been so far. And I have been, I'm currently on the very front page of iBooks. Don't Tell Meg is next to Dan Brown's Origin uh, uh, on, on the books you might have missed. And The Murder Place, I've got two books on the books you might have missed. And I'm next to Lisa Jewell um, and her book, and Then She Was Gone, which sounds like it might be posh and it's got a nice cover on it. So it must be a decent book there. Um, so, you know, quite amazing. And I'm number two, number one in my other charts on Amazon. So it's going pretty well. I haven't got a clue what I'm going to be saying to you this time next week. But uh, my strategy, the difference with the strategy this time, because I'm wide, is that I have just let the ads run and I've left the books free. Because it's a sort of, you know, I'm high in the charts. While I'm high in the charts, people are getting the free book. When they get the free book, they're reading through and I'm making money. So why would I stop that? Um, so I am paying France this time. And when those chart positions start to drop, that's when I will start to sort of reconsider that policy, that ads policy. But all the time it's working for me. I'm making much more money than I'm spending. I'm going to keep that up and sort of see what happens. Okay, the other thing I, I need to, to say to you is that the pay hip experiment that I've done has worked really well. Um, I haven't made a load of sales, but I've made enough sales to make it worthwhile. And I've made enough sales to say to you that in every single um, Insta freebie book that I give away and every single book funnel book that I give away in future, sci-fi or thrillers, I am going to make to those free readers uh, a sort of, a countdown deal, you know, a special deal for a box set that's going to go into all my my freebie deals from now on, um, because I've had a steady trickle of of people buying that book on Payhip all this week. I had a little panic. I was looking at, at the sales today, and there was no VAT on it, and and I stupidly didn't really think it through. I stupidly emailed uh, Payhip and said, "Is this working? I, I haven't. I don't see any VAT payments. I'm sort of getting by four ninety nines and." And then, you know, you have those dough moments. Uh, the reason for it was is I hadn't sold in any countries where VAT gets levied, uh, of course. So that's why. Uh, so it is working. You just haven't sold in any uh, countries where you need to pay VAT. So that's all fine. But it's been well worth doing that. And I'm going to do it, as I say, I'm going to ramp that up and do it across the board. So I'm going to create a seven-pack. I'm just waiting for who to trust to get out of KDP Select. And then I'll create a seven-pack of thrillers and a seven-pack of my sci-fis. And I will have a special sales page with a countdown timer on it so it looks like a sort of exclusive offer and then I will offer that to all my free readers to try and squeeze money out of people who essentially are reading for free and incidentally I have entered my sci-fi books into another couple of promos on Insta Freebie and Book Funnel uh, at the weekend. So other bits of news to mention to you I have moved the Secret Bunker and the Grid books into Vellum now I can't, it was a real sort of pain in the, in, in the butt to do. It's one of those boring clerical jobs I'm not very good at, or I get bored easily with. And I just put podcasts on to, to kind of distract my mind while I was doing it. But essentially, if you remember, these books are so old, these, these predate Vellum being invented. They even predate when I was writing in 
Scrivener. That's how old. I think I, the first books I wrote were The Grid in Scrivener. Secret Bunker, I think, must have been written directly into Microsoft Word. That's how old they are. So my my versions of those books have been in an old f- format, and I want them in vellum because the lovely thing about vellum is I can I can version books. So what I'm telling saying to you about versioning books for Insta Freebie and Book Funnel, it's dead easy. I just open my vellum file, I save it as so save it as Insta Freebie version. I put bespoke pages in that version. I um, process, I generate the files for a generic EPUB, and I upload that to Insta Freebie. So with all my books now in Vellum, I'm super dynamic uh, with my books. I can add one-time offers in really easy, just generate the files, upload it, off we go. It's really, really easy now. So I needed to go through that little bit of pain to move those last six books into Vellum, but now my whole back catalogue um, fiction is in Vellum, and I could just change stuff here, there, and everywhere, put special offers in, take special offers out, add new books as I'm writing new books to the blurb inside. Absolutely fantastic. It's it's really great. So, as I say, it was a lot of pain. I had to do it over two days at the weekend. But I'm really happy with that. So the minute those books were done, I've listed them wide. So I'm going to go all out now uh, for a book bub on the Grid, well, the Grid Trilogy, and the Secret Bunker Trilogy. I'm going all out for a book bub on my sci-fis now. So they're being listed wide. I've put them on, obviously they're already on Kindle. I've put them on Google Play through Publish Drive. And I'll let you know how I got on with Publish Drive. Very easy interface to list on. I do like the way that you get um, distributed to different channels. I've listed them directly on Kobo. So uh, I, I need to, them to be on the five channels for a book bub. The minute they've been confirmed, the, I think the grid's like, well, the, um, the secret buggers on KDP Select until Thursday, so I can't actually publish those yet. I've got the files ready. I can't publish them until Thursday. So the minute the grid is on all those channels, that's going in for a book bub, and I'm just going to keep trying for a book bub on my sci-fi. Now, I don't think a sci-fi book bub will make as much as a thriller because the the genre is not as active as thrillers, but um, you know, if I make a couple of thousand pounds from a sci-fi, I'll, I'll go for that. And one of the things I've been guilty about, and this kind of pertains to Adam's interview in a moment or two, is you know a bad mindset with these that these books are assets i need to be flogging those assets i need to be sending traffic to them i need to be getting people to buy them um they're trilogies i know how well my don't tell make trilogies have worked but i've almost been i've almost sort of forgotten about those books because they're old i've got to remember they're assets you imagine if i get a, if i can get a book book every six months on each of those three trilogies and if you say uh, and i don't uh, you know what was my income last time say it was about eight thousand. It was worth about eight extra thousand pounds of income. If you half that, say for science fiction, I'm only guessing these numbers here. So, so eight thousand for a thriller, say, um, just based on the last figures. Say four thousand, three thousand. Let's say three thousand um, for a trilogy. So, and you can get two book book bubs in a year. You know, that's that's a reasonable income, isn't it? Just from three book bubs, uh, that would be a reasonable income to to live on. So, I got to start. Uh, respecting my back catalogue, and I got to start the thrashing. So that's the aim with uh, putting those books into vellum. And these are the sorts of jobs you know that I've known I needed to do. This is why I'm not doing the interviews over summer. I need to do these jobs. I've got to grasp these jobs. And the other thing I finished doing, which is another job that I needed to do to future-proof this podcast, was I've gone right through the podcast now. Now I, I'll probably make a little video about it at some point in the Patreon channel and explain what I've done and why I've done it. Um, but basically, 
um, the, the the podcast it takes up so much of my time it needs to generate more income um, you know so I love doing the podcast I want it to continue but it needs to generate more income for me and um, and I've been listening to Joanna Penn I think her podcast now is a substantial part of her income um, so I, I need to sort of get on top of that so you know I know how to do all this stuff I, I keep saying this on the I know how to do this stuff I just don't do it so um, I've put um, you won't see them I put um, five advertising fields in the podcast which allow me to place different adverts through the site uh, patreon is extremely prominent on the site now calls to action to support the podcast on patreon i've got my patreon sorted out it's going really well now um i, I just re- it's really coming together patreon in that i found a really natural flow for me to put content in there which is really just when i'm doing stuff I'm making videos and, and telling you what I'm doing. So it's, it's, it really does feel like the director's cut of this podcast diary that you can hear me talking about it on the diary and I'm showing you stuff in the, in the sort of Patreon area. And it's really, um, it's a real natural flow for me. It, it really works well for me. Uh, it's not, there's no friction there for me at all. Um, and what I'm loving, what I'm loving, loving, loving is the people who are Patreon supporters. They're asking questions. We're chatting. It's everything you would want kind of a Facebook group to be, but I didn't want to have it in a Facebook group. So I, I just feel like I found my flow with Patreon, and I feel like we've got the offers right in Patreon now. So if you're enjoying this podcast, if you've ever got value from it, I would love it if you would support me on Patreon. Just a dollar a month, that's $12 a year, um, we'll, and you'll get access to everything. And by everything, I mean, people in Patreon this week, they've seen everything. I've taken them inside my Facebook account, so you can see the ads, you can see what I'm paying for the ads. I've taken you inside my BookBub ads account. You've seen stuff that no one ever has got to see before in Patreon. So I'm absolutely determined to make that kind of a center of extra value on this podcast diary. So if you haven't joined yet, get yourself in there. $1 a month um, will get you in. $12 a year, it's all it is to support me on Patreon. And I would really appreciate it. So lots of things going on behind the scenes. The other thing I've done on the on the on the um, blog, the podcast, is I've stripped out the podcast diaries that didn't have a separate page. Every podcast diary now has a separate page, and because so many people tell me that they really enjoy the podcast diaries, I've now created a single web page where every single diary. So where are we now? One hundred and thirteen from zero to one hundred and thirteen is in chronological order. So if you just discover the podcast now, or if you want to share it with somebody, if you want to share it and say, look, you know, I love listening to these diaries, here's a single link that you can now share, and people could listen to it from, uh, if you've been with me from the beginning, from earning ridiculous amounts, you know, just dreaming of, of what I've managed to do with BookBub this week, right from, you know, struggling to format books, all this stuff, it's all there in those early episodes. You could really follow it through from really, really, um, you know, struggling uh, with the author. Well, I'm still struggling with the author career, but, you know, from those really um, beginner's struggles and learning um, to sort of where we are now. And, and as I said on the page, you know, the journey continues. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Uh, I've got loads, 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 loads more to do. Um, but at least this recent book, Bub, feels like it's progress in the right direction. But, um, yeah, if you go to the podcast page, you'll see the podcast diary, everything on one page, and I will add to it every week so that uh, anybody who joins the podcast could listen from episode right from the beginning episode to work their way through without having to hunt and hunt and hunt to get those uh, diaries. So there's all these things I'm doing to, to to set up the podcast to future-proof it and then to move forward. And the other thing I've done is I've improved the format 
of the diary and the author pages so that the format sort of is, is much cleverer so for instance when i when i used to do the author interviews what i do now is i put links to the books which have affiliate links in them and if somebody clicks one of the author's books and doesn't even buy um, for the next i think it's 24 hours if somebody buys a fridge or something i take a percentage of that cut so i've been you know absolutely that podcast has to earn me more money so um, I've got best converting products on there, the products I know convert. Um, I've, I'm promoting my own books through there, and I'm, I'm promoting other authors' books. And these are all affiliate links, so I can take additional sales as well. But you know that that, that effort, that work, if it's going to be an ongoing part of my my author business, it has to pay its keep because it takes a lot of my time. So that's what I've been focusing on. Um, you know, when, I, when I've been overhauling that, that podcast, I love doing the podcast. Um, when you look back at all those episodes I've done, uh, it feels like a real, it's a real body of work that I'm sort of proud of. And when I was looking at all those podcast diary episodes, I just thought I don't know of any other author who has got that audio record. What, what most authors do is they tell you about their struggles when they're rich and they've made it. That's usually what happens. And so it's always, you're always getting it through that kind of, that view of privilege, that kind of, well, I'm a millionaire now, and let me tell you about my hard times, okay? And I'm not, I, I, I might be wrong, but I'm not aware of anybody who in audio form has recorded, you know, every tantrum, frustration, success, technical challenge. It's all in there over 113 episodes. So it's quite a record. It's quite a body of work. I want that to continue because that it's quite a thing, you know, when you get to 113 episodes, it feels like quite a thing. So I want to keep that um, going uh, because when you see it listed like that as 113 episodes, it's, it's quite something. Um, so anyhow, that's all av- available as a single web page. Okay, let's just take a short musical break and we'll come back with Alan Croft. You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the essential weekly podcast for all indie authors who want to get their work published and making sales. You can access previous episodes and the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. As an added extra this week, I'm including an interview with indie thriller writing ninja Adam Croft, who's just released a new non-fiction book called The Indie Author Mindset. Now, Adam and I were chatting over Facebook Messenger for much of last week, comparing notes about our efforts to move up the iBooks charts. So it seemed like too good an opportunity to miss to chat about both of those things, promoting on iBooks and a book that I seriously need. What about getting your indie author mindset right? So the first question I asked Adam was, what was he up to on iBooks last week? Because he was clearly testing something. I've had two books um, which have been perma-freeze pretty much since I started writing about um, eight years ago. The first book in each of my two series. Um, and, you know, perma-free was, was a big thing back then. It kind of is to some extent um, still now. But it's, you know, things are moving away from that. Amazon doesn't really show the free books as much. Um, and it, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not it works. So I was doing a bit of an experiment. I um, in, intended to put both of those books books up as paid for um you know a bit cheaper so to uh, to entice people in but to, to make them paid for and i was doing the stats on read through so i could work out what to price things at and uh, you know and, and what i could throw at ads for them and i saw that for that particular book the read through to the rest of the series from people who had bought 
or who downloaded that free book, Too Close for Comfort, um, how many of them would go on to buy other books in my series. On Amazon, that was about 2%, which was really, really low, but it was 60-something percent on iBooks. So that told me that iBooks readers who get free books are really likely to then go on and buy the other ones in the series. So I thought, well, in that case, I can afford to throw quite a bit of money at the first book in the series, knowing that a, you know, a decent percentage of them will then go on and buy other ones in the series. And I've got another seven books in the series. So um, the potential to make quite a bit of money was um, was fairly high. Um, and basically, that's what I was doing. I was throwing some money at it um, to to get lots of free downloads and uh, hopefully get some sell through. That's, that's not something I do for Amazon or for Kobo because the read through doesn't seem to be as high on those vendors. But um, on iBooks, it was it was looking fairly promising. So uh, that was my tactic before I before I went to uh, fully paid was to hopefully boost some read through for the rest of the series. Now, I'm completely new to iBooks. This is the first time I've had a, a wide book bub. So this is all new to me. You're much more familiar with this territory than I am. So um, it's a, at the time of recording this, it's a week out of my book bub. And um, my Don't Tell Meg is still uh, number four in Crime and Thrillers Free. And I think mm. um, the second book is 50-something in paid. Uh, where are we? Mm. I've got two books. I've got um, the, the third book is 35 in paid. The second book is 23 in paid. So... From your point of view, now you're, you know, you're somebody who sold thousands and thousands of books. You're used to this. Is that good, bad, or indifferent? It is. I mean, number four in you know, free ebooks on, I mean, even in the category on iBooks, is still hundreds of, of copies a day. Um, and I mean, you, you know, you're getting the read through there. If you're a thirty something and forty something, that's 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 you know, fairly decent money from what is what we're told is uh, two to three percent of the ebook market in iBooks. Um, I mean, iBooks is one of those ones where, you know, if you tickle it right, um, you can do very well. And it's, it's one of the easier stores to kind of control, if you like, from a marketing point of view, because for example, there are, the Apple algorithms work quite differently to the Amazon ones on Amazon. For example, you, if you send readers to the page, um, and they don't buy the book, that can punish you, um, that can harm you from a, a visibility point of view. Whereas on iBooks, there's some very good evidence to show that just the pure touches on that book, the number of people who click on it, who look at it, who land on your book, can help you in the rankings. Their their algorithms and their rankings aren't purely done just on sales. It's on the amount of interest and um, intrigue that a book generates. And those things can end up, you know, having you put on the front page of the iBook store, they've got you know the trending books that are there. I'm looking at it now, so if you can hear my mouse clicks. <laughs> well, I'm on it at the moment. So if you look uh, at books you might have missed, they've put two of my books on there at the moment. Exactly, because they've kind of come from nowhere, really, um, and and have suddenly been you know up in the up in the charts doing really really well. So that's you know, any anything on the iBook store. If you're looking at the top, for example, where you've got those um, you know, designed graphics based on the covers, they're curated, and so are the little um, what they call the little bricks that are further down. Um, anywhere where you've got a book cover showing, that is all completely algorithm driven. Um, and that's that's information I've had from from Apple themselves, and that's based on um, you know books that are suddenly getting a lot of attention. Either they've had book bubs, or you know, people are running ads to them. So I'm currently 51 in all paid. I think if I've navigated it correctly, wow, um, is, is that okay? Is that because there's like The Handmaid's Tale there? There's Lee Child. There's all sorts of you know 
big stuff. And, and, and I'm, I'm next to Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's not too bad, is it? That's not too bad. Um, I mean, you know, you know, um, as well as I do, that the, you know, the money that can bring in is, um, you know, it's not to be sniffed at. It's, um, you know, you say something on number 50 on iBooks and people who reads on iBooks and, you know, you and I both know from people who have done quite well on there that it's quite a few people and it can bring in some some half decent money. But again, you know, this is fairly new to me. I've had two book bubs. So, I've, I, you know, that last book, bub, the first book bub um, increased my earnings. It, it moved them up. Um, you know, by the month, but obviously it, it dwindled in between book bubs. Uh, this mm. one is going to sort of improve the earnings. But one of the things I still don't get, Adam, and, and you can tell me about this because you've been through that magic moment, you know, when you suddenly start making amazing, incredible sales. Um, I still can't see, I'm seeing the money coming in now and it's sort of more than I've had before, but I still can't see when you've got Mark Dawson's earning 2000 is it dollars a week or whatever he earns? Some, something phenomenal. Oh, and, oh God, and the rest. More than that a day, I think. Is, how, <laughs> I, I still can't understand what you have to do. Because I sort of feel like I'm on full throttle at the moment. This is like every trick I kind of know to do this. And, and yet I'm still not doing a Mark Dawson. So, so how do we get to those incredible sales that you and Mark have you know, experienced? It's a case of keeping that up, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of saw me coming out of nowhere, in inverted commas, at the end of 2015. And, you know, the, the truth is that was my ninth book. I'd been plugging away and, and having book bubs and, and doing various promotions and paid ads and, and things like that for years. Um, and there is a point that comes, which is a tipping point, and it doesn't seem to be anything that can be defined. It's not necessarily with the book or the, the you know, the a strategy that you think is going to work but at some point it comes it's just a case of of plugging away i mean you, you know you you clearly got a very good um foundation there for, for future success and it, it's you know it's fantastic to see because you and i've been i've you know, been talking for a while now about things you know for for a good couple of years so you know it's, it's brilliant to see that you've you know you've clearly got that foundation there which you can build on and and really take things on from here so I'm interested to know then, um, what would you do if you were me? So, so this this promo, first time I've been wide, um, Mac, uh, iBooks is doing best, uh, Amazon's doing next. Been quite disappointed with Kobo. Seem to be able to shift free books on Kobo, but haven't really had read throughs yet on Kobo. Just trickle a trickle. And um, Google, I'm directing Google Play, and I can't even make head or tail of what I'm selling in Google Play. It's such a bad interface. And um, <laughs> and selling a few on Barnes and Noble. You mentioned to me, I think, in a, in a conversation that you've had pretty good weeks on on Barnes and Noble. So, you know, kind of what, what should I do next? What's worth um, nurturing? Um, well, I mean, the thing is with all the strategies, all the, sorry, with all the different stores is that they require different strategies. Um, you know, Amazon, you know, the far more better qualified people than me who, you know, there are all sorts of different ways of, um, of tickling the Amazon algorithms. Kobo um, free does do well. You do shift copies. Um, free first in series doesn't work as well um, as you found out. Apple is really the only place now where you know, the, the perma-free first in series seems to work, and it's been working really well for you. Um, Kobo, there are promotions you can do there. I don't know if you've got the um, promotions tab on your dashboard. Do, or if yes. you, yeah. Excellent. Well, apply for as many of those as you can all the time. They pretty much always make money. Um, just just apply for everything and try to get into absolutely everything you can. Um, you know, that, that's what I do. I'm literally applying for 
for everything that comes up there. It's, um, you know, you can't really lose out with those. Um, Google, I, to be honest with you, I've got my books up there and I just leave it. I've <laughs> not found any strategy that works. There are people who have heard of my books and who look on there to see if my books are there and, you know, get probably, you know, a few hundred pounds a month through there for not doing anything. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that, to be honest with you. Um, Apple, as we said, you know, the read through from permafreeze does work quite well. I don't know if you're tracking that at all. I don't um, know how to really, Adam. That's the, okay. I, um, you know, when you sort of talk about read through, I can see I'm clearly getting good read throughs from that in that, you know, my free book is, is put those books in that position in paid. So, so, and I know that from Amazon last time, you know, I made, um, good money and I had, I mean, again, I know this is nothing compared to what you're doing, but I think I had over half a million reads from that last wow. month. Oh, is that all right? Well, I, I don't know you, sir. I have nothing to, to compare. Well, it, it's half a million more than you had before. That's the main <laughs> thing. And, you know, this is all about baselines. Um, I mean, the huge benefit you've got, it might sound bizarre, but the huge benefit you've got is that you were doing next to nothing on iBooks before, which means you've got a, a very clear baseline there from before that you can use. So... You know, book one, for example, you know how many free downloads you've had of that after your book bub or how many free downloads you've had this month. What, um, what you should then do is have a look at how many sales of book two and book three you've had this month and look at what that is as a percentage of book one. Um, because if you've done no other promotion to, um, to your books on iBooks and if you were selling next to number four, then you can be fairly sure that most of those free downloads and most of those sales have come from BookBub and that most of the people buying books two and three have bought it because they've read book one. So you can get an idea of what the percentage of people reading through is. And therefore, you know, if you've got three books in your series, you can look at the price of all of them added up and you can say, well, okay, if, you know, if 10% of people read through to the end of the series, I know roughly what a reader is worth to me. And therefore, you know what money you can spend, at, you know, throwing at book one. When you um, reached out to me on, on Facebook last week, um, it's interesting. I, I've um, taken a break from doing podcast interviews over summer because I've realized as an author, I've really got to tackle and grasp this marketing thing. So ironically, yeah. your book, book um, you know, and um, course in Mark Dawson's package. They're all on my list to do this summer. I've specifically made time to go through them, but I've kind of been caught, caught with my pants down really because I'm doing well on iBooks and I thought well, when you told me you were advertising, I thought I know I've got access to BookBub ads. I'm just going to do them and they're working um, really mm. well for me actually. Uh, you know, Straight out the gate, they're working really well for me. That's, that's being sustained at the moment by um, BookBub ads. And, so um, you, is, that, is that just throwing at the free one, or are you advertising other books as well? No, I'm only throwing at the, at the free one at the moment. Yeah. Um, but okay. I, but I, this is like, you know, I'm, you, you said to me earlier in the week, you know, if, as long as you're making money from it, and um, and it is, and it's keeping it up there nice and Well, high. yeah, if, if we can calculate how many of those people are reading through to books two and three, I mean, people say, you know, you can't advertise a free book, you're going to be losing money. But if you've got other books in the series behind that, then... Yeah, you can lose money on book one, but it doesn't matter because if they're reading book two, three, four, and you've got 20 books in that series, then that reader could be worth £50 to you quite easily. I really like the book book ads. I really like the fact that I can, uh, you know, sort of switch it to, to just Kobo, switch it just to iBooks yeah, and, and go yeah. for the territories that I want to massage. I, I, I love that. I love that sort of control. It's such a usable platform. It's such a usable dashboard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know that everyone there is a reader as well. That's a good thing about it. I and mean, yes, the audience is a lot smaller than it is on Facebook, but everyone in the BookBub audience is a reader. That's what BookBub is there for. You know, on Facebook, not everybody reads books. 
on on AMS. You know, not everybody looking at um, browsing Amazon is 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 a reader. So you know, that's the great thing about BookBub is it's so super targeted, and everybody there is in your audience. This is the thing that I'm going to learn from actually doing your course when I sit down to do it, and I'll probably realise all the things I've done incorrectly when I, when I do the course. But at the moment, um, I mean, my, my average, it gives you specific click-through rates, and it gives you average click-through rates. So I don't know whether these are any good. I got 1.77% on, on one of the ads at 1.19%. I know generally if a monkey does an ad, I think they get about 1%, don't they? Uh, <laughs> Uh, all that matters is profit, really. And, uh, you know, if, if, that's, if that's your target to make money from this, which, you know, I assume it is, and I assume for all authors that's, that's what they want to do. Um, but, you know, as long as your targets that you're setting, you're meeting, um, I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong way of doing it, Paul, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, even with the, the book bub course that I did for, for Mark Dawson's um, course, the module that I did, um, you know, even that is only things that I found tends to work best. I mean, other people... Um, find otherwise i mean i use the the cpm bidding model on there other people have said that cpc works best for them um you know largely speaking it seems that cpm is better but you know again try try other things um to be to be quite honest with you the more people who do things one way the more likely the other way is to work because the you know the first way is going to be flooded so yeah try it and see see what works best for you and you know these things are they're only guidelines and these are only what those particular people who are doing the teaching have found works best for them and for other people that they've they've spoken to and work with and some of those click-through rates are good you know i know this from internet marketing i used to optimize sales pages um you know on clickbank launches back in the day and um you know i know that sort of well this is amazon india but it's 3.67 percent 2.54 amazon uh canada you know those those are quite good click-through rates i think um from that yeah experience. Yeah, I think I think we could get them even higher. I think you know, perhaps off air, I'll have a look at your ads, um, and we'll see what um, you know what what they're looking like, and see if we can boost those even further. I mean, I'm just going into my um, BookBub ads dashboard now, just to just to have a look myself and see um, how mine were doing. Um, I mean, yeah, I've got yeah three point two five percent, four point two one, three point seven. Um, three point five. So yeah, you you know you're in the um in the right ballpark. I've got one here that's six point two. So, Ooh, nice. <laughs> um, and there are others that are down at one, zero point one eight. That's got to be a an all time low. So <laughs> you know it's uh I, I I have some absolute clangers as well. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. right, that's good to hear. I'll send you those over. But you see again, there's there's been no sort of method in the madness with the ads. I've literally let, I've let it take um done one ad where I just let it take the cover. Um, um, and those are Stuart based covers. That's it. That's another interesting thing is that I, yeah. I paid out for the covers and, and it hurts, uh, paying out for the covers. That was, you know, with that, that was 1,200 pounds worth of covers that I had put on those books. But mm. I've got to tell you now they're all lined up against Lee Childs and people like that. I'm so pleased I spent that money. I've been thoroughly embarrassed if my, if my, my previous, uh, bootstrapped covers had been on there. Um, and you know what? They they probably wouldn't have got there. That's the that's the truth of it. You know, people look at the cover and <laughs> say, "Don't judge a book by its cover," except when it's a book. And that's exactly what readers do. They see the cover. That's the first thing they see. Um, and you know, the truth of it is, a books probably wouldn't have done that well if they didn't have those Stuart Bache covers on them. Um, you know, I found that you know my most recent books have done fantastically well, and you know, funny enough, they've all got the the Stuart Bache covers on them. Um, I mean, yeah, it's. 
it, it's not an expense it's an investment i think that's the um that's the important thing to to remember and you know you've you must have made that investment back by now easily uh, yeah, yes, I have more than made it back. Thank goodness for that. So, <laughs> so uh, okay, so I, I'm um, I want to sustain this now. So, um, Amazon and uh, iBooks. I can't even remember the name of it. I, Amazon and iBooks are going really well, and I'm very happy with my sort of daily income from those at the moment. So, mm. um, uh, I'm throwing some Facebook ads at them and some Bookworm ads at them. The Facebook ads are going really well. I think they're going really well. I've got sort of 13 people click on that, which. I don't know whether I think that's again. I got to refresh my Facebook training, but that feels about okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if it's profiting for you, I mean, for me that would be too high. Um, but then again, I think you know my sales copy perhaps is a bit weak. My product page is a bit weak. I, I don't tend to get um, the best conversion rates on my my product pages, my sales pages. So you know, I need to keep my cost per click lower than that. But you know, if yeah, if you're getting the um, the sales and the conversions through, then you know there isn't really an ideal cost per click it's whatever allows you to to sell the books and turn a profit well the, the other thing that i did uh, in connection with that is that i i changed my categories so i've been number one in um my usa and my uk categories one and two um in the free books uh, constantly since the launch so um again that's another strategy that i found um working so i'm kind of going for um keeping them high up there because I know that when I shift free books, I get read-throughs on this series. So I haven't calculated it. You know, you get that. You know, I know I'm getting the read-throughs because I'm making more, more than I'm putting in. So yes. that's my kind of it's my loose strategy at the moment. Um, well, that's the thing, and you know, if you've got, um, as I said before, if you've got a baseline of, you know, I did X amount before. Um, I mean, no, we can use all different ways of calculating, you know, how much money we're making, whether we're using affiliate codes or whatever. But you know, if you if you know you're making X amount per day before, you spend. Y on advertising, and now you're making Z per day. You know, it, it, you can you can see quite easily if it's working if you've got a steady baseline beforehand. Because um, it's not just direct sales. You know, there are people who might see the book that you've advertised and go, I "Don't like the look of that." Oh, but here's another one of his I do like the look of that I am going to get. Um, you know, people might add it to their wish list and and buy it at a later date. There's you know it there's you know there's even the kind of the old. Um, points of marketing where you know somebody needs to see your product six or seven times before they'll buy it it you know it, it might be working as a branding exercise for you you know there, there are different you know, so many different things i mean once you get to spending loads of money on ads you know you're you're kind of pushing the book up the rankings and you're going to be getting people who are who are seeing it through there i mean now you know yours as you said have been hitting the front front page of ibooks because they're you know they're tickling that algorithm and they're you know the, the books we're loving or the um, you know, the hot right now on, on the front page of, of iBooks and people are going to be seeing that there and that's going to be generating sales as well. So, you know, this this is when you then start to get that kind of um, snowball effect, really. I'm 67 in all three at the moment on Amazon UK. Is that any good? Is that uh, worth getting excited about or not? Well, if you're getting the numbers that you want to get, then yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because these relative positions sort of don't mean, as you say, I always, I don't get excited about anything unless I feel like I'm, ha- I'm making enough money from it. That's, I, that's kind of always my bottom line. That it doesn't really matter. It, to me, it's vanity. It's a vanity metric being high <laughs> if I'm not making any cash from it. 
Well, that's it. Yeah, that, that's why I don't really pay too much attention to rankings. Um, I mean, on some stores like iBooks, where the, the chart is really front and center, and if you can get into the top five there, then you, you know you are appearing on the front page. Um, you know, the chart. Is, I mean, Amazon now the charts are actually quite well hidden. I mean, when I want to go and have a look at Amazon rankings um, and just have a browse through the charts, it takes me forever to find the chart. <laughs> they're so hidden away now and the same on 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 the other vendors but um, but ibooks is really quite chart heavy um i mean of course you know if you can get anywhere near the top of the overall charts then you're doing very well because you know as you've probably seen the the ibooks chart the, the top 100 is practically filled with erotica books <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, you, if you can get a crime book anywhere near the top of that you're um, you're doing extremely well I, I i do have a couple of saucy sex scenes in the first two books actually. well there so, you are and i've got a little but, warning about it as well but uh, yes yeah, so i i i, I uh, put a few sex scenes in as well but, yeah. but the, the paid books if you look at you know i'm looking now at the free um top 30 odd books and i think except for one two one of which is yours, three. I think there's only three I can see there. Oh, one called Why Planes Crash. That's definitely not erotica. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's four that are not erotica books in like the top 30. Um, whereas when you hit over to paid, then they're pretty much all thrillers and pretty much all psychological thrillers. There's a, there's a John Grisham as well and a Joan Nesbo. Um, you know, the rest are pretty much all psychological thrillers. So there's a massive disparity um, between the types of customers on iBooks, whether they pay for their books or not. You know, people looking for, for the erotica books tend not to pay for them. But, um, you know, the crime and the thriller crowd definitely do. Interestingly, when you contacted me on Facebook uh, last week, you were, you were running your experiment and you'd spotted me at the top there. And one of the things I'd said to you was, um, you know, there's no um, sort of skill here, Adam. It's just as much as a surprise to, to see myself there, uh, you know, as, as you're probably surprised to see me there. You know, I, I just hadn't expected it. It was a happy consequence of, 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 of actions <laughs> I'd taken. And you were, you were kind of saying, well, you know, you've got to give yourself credit for that. You've got to get the right mindset. And then, of course, you've 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 just written, just published a book about <laughs> author mindset. So um, yeah, let, let's dig, I mean, dig into that a little bit because you know, well, I know there's, to... there's, there's no such thing as luck. That's the thing. You know, you, you're as you said earlier, you're a week past your bookbub now, and your book is still up there. Um, you know, bookbub spikes now, and tales from those spikes are are less than they've ever been. Um, I mean, on some stores, for example, on Amazon now, there's, there's quite a bit of evidence that, that I've seen and I've been piecing together that um, promotional spikes like BookBub on Amazon can actually harm books in the long run. Um, Amazon is all about these kind of these long-term sales and steady sales steadily building up. Um, that really helps with Amazon, whereas with iBooks, as you've seen, you know, having a sudden burst um, because it, it reflects what the companies do. I mean, when you think about it, Amazon have been slowly building for years what they do as a company and slowly improving and, and building and building and building and trying to get this kind of trust whereas apple have been very much about the you know the the, the big new thing what's hot right now um and that's reflected in their in their bookstores and you know the the, the apple algorithm helps books that do suddenly just appear out of nowhere and do well your book is called the indie author mindset and as i was reading it yesterday before we chatted there were lots of things i picked out thinking maybe sort of cringe a little bit because i know that i do them i'm guilty of them and, and, and the first one <laughs> I, I do too don't worry i <laughs> do, do as i say not as i do <laughs> well that's re- that's reassuring to hear because I, I i jotted a few bits down i put one here um this uh, pertains to our conversation over, over facebook you know being a professional writer is not something that happens to you it is something that you make happen 
And that, yeah. that, that resonated. And when, when I thought about that, you know, I felt guilty about our conversation because, well, you know, I got the, I got the books done. I kept trying for the book bubs. You know, I, I did all the things that I've heard about on everybody's, uh, that I've read about, that I've heard about the podcast, put it all into action and rolled it all up into one to try and get a decent promo. So, you know, it, I, I guess it's because of action I took that that's happened. And I, I, I kind of get that. It doesn't feel that yeah. way sometimes. It's feel like you're failing all the time, I, I feel. Oh, to, to be honest with you, I still do. I've sold one and a half million books and I still feel like a fraud and I still feel like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and it'll all be over. Now, that that never ends. Um, but I think, you know, having that, that professional mindset and treating it professionally is, is what's most important. And, you know, a lot of the time we don't know what professionalism is. I mean, you know, when are you a, a professional writer? Um, you know, I've been earning very good money from writing for a few years now i've been earning some money for even longer um i've been writing stories ever since i was a child i mean the, the oed the oxford english dictionary describes um the word professional as a person engaged in a specific activity as a main paid occupation rather than as a pastime so you think okay that's, that's about the money but then the next line their alternative definition is a person competent or skilled in a particular activity which means you don't even need to have ever earned any money. You just need to be competent or skilled at it. And if you're writing a book or have written a book, then you are competent and skilled at writing. You know, there are not many people who manage to finish a novel. I have a rejection letter from Penguin. Um, from, I think it's 74. I think it was 1974 when I was nine. Um, <laughs> and my classic novelette, Mr. Plum and Mr. Apple. Uh, one of my favorites yeah, it was, I, know, <laughs> I was overlooked at the time yeah it's typewritten you know it's a, and it's, and it's a lovely encouraging letter and, and the funny thing about it is is it, is it um they recommended that i look at the writers and artists yearbook which actually is yeah advice, frankly that, that is the same nowadays if you want to be traditionally published it is yeah have you sent them a screenshot of the ibooks chart <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't, know what, they don't know what they've lost out on, do they? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you'd have put your money into me then, look what it could have been. Oh, no, forty years later, yeah. they could have had a forty-year head start on that, couldn't they? There we go. Well, Penguin's loss is Apple's gain. <laughs> what What made you sit down and uh, write this book, Adam? Because you know you're 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 trotting out the thrillers. You're doing really well with the thrillers. This is a bit of a um, a sort of a, a veer off the road for you to a certain extent. Well, do you know what I I get asked? a lot for advice from other writers you know i kind of i put myself out there and i i say to people you know just email me and i help you know I, i've never charged for consultancy or anything like that i just you know the thing is when i started writing and publishing in 2010 there was nobody there um you know we were all trying to find our own way there were no kind of you know gurus there i mean you know joe penn and other people were were publishing but they, they hadn't you know nobody kind of elevated themselves to this kind of you know mentor position or, or what have you. you know, there are lots of people now doing that, like Joe, like Mark Dawson, Brian Cohen and and, and what have you. And you know, there the, the wasn't that kind of help there. We were all kind of trying to find our way at the same time. Um so now when people ask me for help, I'm always, you know, really pleased to help them and to and try and help guide them because I know what it's like to to be there and to be kind of wandering through the wilderness you know, with, without a clue which direction to go in. And it's, it's got to be even more um, confusing now because, this, you know, when I started, it wasn't Facebook ads. BookBub didn't exist. Um, AMS wasn't a thing. Um, I don't think Kobo even existed. You know, there, there, are, there are you know so many different um, things that have, have changed now. Um, it was a, a lot simpler back then, and I was frightened and scared and not knowing which way to turn then so god knows what it's like for people starting out nowadays um but yeah i, I get asked a lot of questions um you know, on a massive variety of, of subjects but 
90% of what I get asked seems to be the, the issue that the authors have seems to be rooted in mindset and the way that they're thinking about things and the way that they're approaching things. And it's not you know, kind of a specific logistical, simple problem, but you know, there, there's something much further back along the line um, in the thought process that needs to be changed. And um, that, that's got me thinking a lot more about it. And, you know, what, what the, the mindset that I have because when my career changed at the back end of 2015 um, that all came off of me just deciding one day look you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this seriously it's not going to be something I do in my spare time and, and just hope that it takes off at some point I'm going to make a concerted effort to, to make this work and to treat it professionally and treat it as a business and to put money and effort into marketing and advertising and really put myself out there yeah, it's really interesting because a couple of weeks ago um, on my podcast, I do my podcast diary, and I, I'd actually had a good run. I, I'd, I'd been on the stage with um, LJ Ross um, at a Amazon conference. I was representing the Alliance of Independent Authors, and I'd mm. sort of st- shared a stage with LJ Ross and um, and also a, a pal of mine who, who, who probably doesn't mix in the same circles as you, but he'd, he'd had... Um, I think he'd had three months, he'd made about £65,000. And the last time I'd seen him was at 20 bucks of 50K, uh, when, mm. when he, he was um, you know, really struggling with that kind of 20, you know, that 20 pound a day scenario that you talk about in, the, yeah. um, in, yeah. in, the, in your book. And I, I had this kind of, cr- it, was a cr- it was a crushing sort of feeling of failure on my part, but it was, it was comparisonitis. I, you know, I know that this dreaded comparisonitis, mm. but I, I do feel that you, you could have some huge sort of highs and some really quite big lows for no particular reason a lot of the time. And and a lot of people, when I sort of um, articulated this on the podcast, so many people reach out and say, I, you know, I actually kind of am slightly envious of where you are. <laughs> and, mm. and, and I feel like I'm doing crap still. And, um, do, you know, do you f- feel this sort of affects people? Does it affect you still with all your success? It does, yeah. You know, I'm looking at, at people, you know, friends of mine who are consistently having six-figure months, and I'm thinking, Christ, I'd love to, <laughs> love to be at that point. And, you know, there's always going to be some way you want to go. And you know what? That's what spurs us on. If you let that kind of thing get you down, then then that's when you, you know, you've got a problem. I mean, you, you don't really want to be hitting the absolute top because, you know, where do you go from there? Um, my father-in-law, you know, always says – um, you know, the, the advice that he passed it down to um, to my wife and to uh, my brother-in-law was um, may all your dreams come true but one you, you've always got to have something to aim for and that's and to be honest that's what keeps me going is yes when I see somebody doing better than I do I think oh, oh well now I feel bad I'd rather you know I'd, I'd like to be doing that and then I think well actually why don't I I've got to this point by you know sheer effort um and and probably a, a large amount of luck as well but you know that luck can come anyone's way you know i was you know, making you know, 20 pounds a day on a good day out of my books um and you know i shifted my mindset and i stopped you know started thinking a different way about things and taking it seriously and professionally and i put a book out there that i thought would be a very marketable book and with literally within weeks i was you know doing three thousand dollars a day plus yeah, it's, it's, it's very doable. I can't. I still, no. <laughs> I still can't imagine that. Um. But you, you know what? It's it, it is very doable, and yeah, thing you know, things yeah, things are up and down all the time in this business. Sometimes you have a great month, and sometimes you have a weak month. Um, but those principles still apply. Um, even January this year, nearly three years after that, um, I had another book out, psychological thriller. Also, I had ones out in the, in the meantime, 
Um, and that, again, had a very marketable hook. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try exactly the same as I did with Her Last Tomorrow. I'm going to see if it works. Um, do the Facebook ads were almost identically worded, except just changing the bits that were pertinent to that book. Um, same audiences, the lot. Um, and it it ended up doing exactly the same, if not better. I mean, just literally in the last week, <clears throat> as we're recording this, that book, Tell Me I'm Wrong, has actually outperformed Her Last Tomorrow now, and it's now my best-selling book of all time. It's, it's actually done even better than that. So, you know, the, the, the principles um, still apply. John, that's that's incredible. I, I, I picked that out, actually, as one of the things to talk about. It's from, from your email uh, that you sent out to your list. Uh, I think it was the end of last week, wasn't it? I picked that out. To yes, talk yeah, about. yeah. Because that's kind of slipped under the radar, because you were like the poster boy, weren't you? When, when um, Her Last Tomorrow was all over the place, you were like the poster boy for, for, for <laughs> Facebook ads. And then here you are, just quietly got on and exceeded that. And yet, like, no one's shouting about it now. And, and do, do, do you know what? Once you do it two or three times, no one cares anymore. <laughs> no, how dare they? I mean, it's a remarkable achievement. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like if Leicester City won the league again, no one would talk about it. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, the, you know, the, the, one of the other psychological thrillers that came in between that, um, Only the Truth, that um, Amazon picked that as their Kindle first. Um, and that ended up being store-wide number one in the UK and the US. And for, for a short amount of time, Amazon had me ranked on their author rankings as the number one most widely read author in the world and jk rowling was in second place oh. <laughs> you know all, all these things they're just you know when i when i first started writing i thought you know where do i want to be I was, I was reading all these books on on you know business and motivation and all this and they have this um you know they said you should make a motivation file or a dream file with you know all these pictures of you know your ideal house and you know, do a um, photoshop a screenshot of your bank balance you know how you want to see it and visualize that and you know all this kind of visualization and things like that and these are all things that i've been visualizing and you know seeing myself at the top of the charts with jk rowling in second place and and things like that so yeah to see them actually happening is is it's bizarre really but i suppose that's kind of what i've been aiming towards the whole time and and getting the right mindset and putting the right foundations in place um means that everything else just kind of plays off of that really yeah i call i call that a vision board and i've got mine yes. just, just to my right hand side above right in my field of vision here at my computer so yeah um, but it's important. It's, it's kind of, you know, but some people think it's airy fairy, but it's about, it's really about what you set your mind to. Um, it's, it's like the one thing, the book, the one thing, it's about what you set your mind to, you get your results in. Uh, and do you know what? Practic- practically every professional sportsman, every professional sports team does this as well. Um, you know, they visualize, um, you know, scoring a goal. Well, you know, when they step up to take a free kick, they are seeing in their mind's eye that ball sailing into the top corner. And they've done it thousands of times in training and they're seeing it happen. Um, and when they go to do it, they're literally just enacting what's, what's already there in their mind. Um, you know, practically every Olympic athlete does that. You know, they're, they're getting in the zone and they're, they're visualizing what's going to happen and they've dreamt it a hundred times and they're just just going through the motions and making it happen then that's not to say that it's easy it's you know, it's not it's uh you know I, I i couldn't visualize you know winning the 110 meter hurdles and then go out and do it it's it's not going to work like that you know you know, the practice and the effort has got to be put in but um yeah visualization is um is a large part of it and that's only something that i've i've come to realize fairly recently really in your uh, book, um, you say that for a, a truly long-term scalable business plan, I strongly advise going wide. Now, again, my podcast diary listeners, and I kind of share all my, my thoughts about what's going on in my world on the diary. And one of the things I said, I was really scared before I did the book bub last week, I said, I, I'm not even sure 
going wide, I'm going to make my money back because I'd only dabbled with wide when I hadn't got a clue what I was doing about three years ago. And I'd sold you know, two books on iBooks or something, you know, ridiculously pathetic numbers. Um, yeah. And I was really scared that I was going to make my money back on this. Um, so, and having gone wide and seeing what iBooks is doing for me at the moment, I'm thinking, right, well, I'm wide for a little while now. I'm going to push this and, 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 and try it because nervous about the, the Amazon factor you know, get your fingers burned with the Amazon factor. So why, mm. why do you say go wide? What, what's Because you've got way more experience than any of us. Well, I, I don't think exclusivity is a good thing for the industry, for authors or for readers, um, for, you know, for many reasons. I think the, the KU model of you know, the subscription model is great. I think it, you know, things are going to unavoidably go that way. If you look at Netflix, um, if you look at Spotify, every other form of media, you've got this kind of subscription model. And I think that's fine for books too. Um, but the problem is that Amazon demands exclusivity for that. And as, you know, the, as, the sooner that disappears, the better. Um, I think if you've got two subscription models on Amazon, perhaps if you know Prime members or Kindle Unlimited subscribers can borrow it for free, um, but it can also be bought and that you don't need to be exclusive, then I'd be a lot happier about that. Um, but it, it, it is that exclusivity that is the issue. Um, and for me, it's about autonomy. It's about looking at the long term. I mean, what happens if Amazon don't exist a few years down the line? It it may well happen. You know, people will be laughing now, but you know, it's entirely possible. You know, um, the world's economies have collapsed before, so there's, there's no, nothing to say that Amazon is is safe. Um, it's, it's about having that autonomy and that control over the future of your career. And I think putting all your eggs in one basket um, is not really wise. Um, you know, for any business plan, I think if you if you're going to put all your eggs in one basket, then you may as well go and get a traditional publishing deal, and and have the same kind of shackles around you, but also get into all the bookstores and and be on the high street and in, in in all the bookshops. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people who've had their KDP accounts shut down for next to no reason because Amazon thinks there's been something fishy going on with their reviews or or with their borrows. And you know, if, if this if you want this to be a long term business and to provide money for your family and to provide your sole income you don't want to be worrying about waking up in the morning and finding out your amazon account's been shut down for you know some clerical error um you know if that happened to me then yeah i would lose you know, 30 40 percent of my income but it's it's not going to end me overnight um so it's all about just being wise in in terms of business um you know f- from a, a direct point of view um but you know, you know politically and you know, sensibly speaking as well, I don't think having that kind of closed ecosystem, you know, and, and you know, lots of readers being excluded from that is, is very good. I think having a, a thriving market in which people can get books and get all books from all different places is, is going to be far better in the long run. One of the things I tried this time around is I've been selling books direct. So I've got an account on Payhip and I, because they manage that moss on your behalf, I don't want to get involved in that. And, uh, you know, that moss, I don't want to. Mm, mm, and um, I've delivered the books through BookFunnel, securely through BookFunnel. And that's worked all right. And uh, I've sort of thought, well, that's interesting, selling direct. So I'm going to ramp that up a little bit. Um, and, and I had basically, I had an exclusive package, which was a, a six box set of my uh, thrillers. And, um, and that's been selling, you know, fine. And money coming in from PayPal for a change, which, mm. which is quite interesting. But what's your feeling about selling direct? Um, it's got its place, definitely, and it's great as a um, as a kind of a 
you know, as a wicketkeeper in case, uh, you know, the stores end up disappearing or whatever. And you, you know, you get control, um, you get to know who your customers are and, and go direct to them. You get the data that Amazon don't get. You know, you can see who's looking at what books and, you know, what are getting the best conversion rates. Because you don't get any of that data off your Amazon sales page. Um, but again, I think long term, it's, it's not going to be the way that things are going to go in total. It might grow a bit, but it's not going to take over from the main stores for, for a number of reasons. You know, the writers, uh, so readers want to go to Amazon or to iBooks or to Kobo and see what books are there and, and have a browse through and see what they want to buy. They're not going to go and look at the website of every author under the sun to see if they've got a new book out and to see what one they fancy. They want, you know, a, one repository, one place to go to. I mean, of course, you know, there are things like, you know, mailing lists and emails coming out. But again, you know, you're not going to want an email from, from every author every time they've got a book coming out. You know, I think, it's it's a good model. It's you know authors can earn a lot of money out of it. Um, you get higher royalty rates. I think it's good for certain things, like you say, exclusive packages, things that you can offer. For example, I I did it with um, a book of mine that I had out fairly recently. I uh, sold direct through my website for a couple of weeks before it went up on Amazon or anywhere else, just so that my mailing list had something exclusive and they could get it before it went out on sale, and that worked well. Um, but I I think in the long term. Um, I think the the various stores and distributors and, and sales places can do far more you know, can do far more for us than than we can through our own websites. One of the things I was interested to see that uh, in your um, with with the indie, indie author mindset, um, you've got a couple of um, other non fiction books you seem to have written in the past, but um, you listed it with your thrillers. Um, uh, you know, under your, your, your name. So um, this one isn't, but you've got Inspire Your Writing. Is, is, it, is it under your normal name? I can't see it in your Amazon rack here, but you've got tips for writers with your thrillers. Uh, we need to talk about Adam, Inspire Your Writing. Um, and and what, I was just interested in that because you, you've mixed two genres and I, I wondered what your thinking was <laughs> with that. Um, they were written a very long time ago when I uh, didn't know about things like contaminating your also boughts and, uh, and <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they probably do need to be moved under my, um, my other name. I think they're, they're very old books anyway, those tips. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't advise anyone to buy those because the, the advice in those is, is probably wildly out of date. Um, they were published about sort of five, six years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably take those off sale fairly soon. They don't tend to sell anyway. But um, yeah, for um, for the indie author mindset, I it's it's published under my name in that you know Adam Croft is on the cover. But if you go into Amazon um, on the um, on the Amazon page itself under the title, it says Adam Elcroft. Um, reason for that is that it's um, it, it means that. They're, they're separate in terms of how Amazon thinks about them. You know, it, it thinks it's a separate author to the Adam Croft who writes the thrillers. And that's vital because otherwise, you know, the, the also boughts can get contaminated. If, if people start buying the indie author mindset, if that starts selling really well, then, you know, my, in my thrillers, on my thriller pages and the also boughts, you're going to have, you know, Joanna Penn's books popping up, Brian Cohen's books popping up, David Gochran's books popping up. And, you know, they're not the books that my audience want to buy. Um, it's, it's, it's important really for Amazon to know that Adam Croft is a thriller author, a crime writer, and that Adam Elcroft is, um, under that profile is, um, is a nonfiction author. And is L a real initial? Did you have to? I had. To, I don't have a middle name. I had to make Paul J. I just had to come up with an initial that sounded cool. 
Uh, well, J is the coolest initials I have in the middle. Yeah, I <laughs> it always it sounds great. Yeah. Homer J Simpson. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with any other one. Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah, it is it is a, a real initial of mine. Yeah. And as you say, it's just it, you just need it to sort. You could, might as well just be a number. It could be a number. Adam Croft's three for all. Amazon cares. It just needs to yeah, be differentiated. It, it literally just appears in tiny blue writing near the top of the page. I mean, Adam Croft is emblazoned on the on the um, front cover, and it's Adam Croft all through the blurb. Um, you know, it's it's not <laughs> it's not under a different name. It's just like you say, putting an extra space or an initial in in the in the physical author field, so that you're you're giving a different author central page because you don't want those to get contaminated. So, as far as you're concerned, then this is a new sort of author brand. So, in many respects, you're where the rest of us are, which is starting out again. In many respects, so so now you're starting out with a new product that isn't in your regular field. You're not known for this you are on podcasts you know in our in our india author circles but on amazon for instance you're not known for this how no. what's your strategy going to be with this new brand um just go on to podcasts and try and <laughs> flog it that way really um <laughs> it's um yeah well i've been using a lot of ams ads i found that facebook ads didn't work as well i used those in the first few days it was out and that that really didn't work for me um you know for this particular book and that's fine it you know it's it's only worked for about three or four out of the 20 odd books that i've i've got out so that's not a massive surprise to me um but ams seems to be working quite well um and generally just the word getting around i mean as you said you know i've been on you know, most of the the big podcasts at least once and i've um you know, got a you know, fairly good name for myself in the industry so um yeah it, it seems to be kind of moving quite well under its own weight really yeah, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And there were all sorts of, um, you know, bits in there that made me um, think that made me feel a little bit guilty because I know I do them and, and I need to stop doing them. You're very big. Um, I love Stephen Pressfield's stuff. And it's it's more yeah. of art and do the work, I think, isn't it? Are those both? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I mean, that you you quote him sort of in, in the right sections anyway. But I mean, he's, he's also worth reading, isn't he? Just get the lot would be my advice. You know, your book and his as well. He is, yeah. He does get quite um, a bit away with the fairies sometimes. He <laughs> <Yes. laughs> does come out with some things, and you think, "Really, you were doing so well up until then?" But um, as a as a whole, I think once you've read the books, you you tend to forget those bits anyway. Um, I think you can see the bits where he'd had a couple of glasses of wine. But uh, he's, uh, I, I, yeah, I would I would highly advise reading them. There, there's some real good motivational kick up the backside in there, um, and some, and just you know some great bits that you can pull out and just quote in you know in in isolation that has worked really well and that I think were you know, were ideal to pop into the book. And it meant that I didn't have to write bits myself. <laughs> yes, right. well, I was going to ask you about that. How did you find the transition from fiction to non-fiction? Do you know what? I find non-fiction a lot easier to write because I, I'm literally, it's, it's like I'm talking here and I'm just writing down what I'm saying. I, I, I do it in a very kind of conversational style. Um, and I spend my time <laughs> writing back emails to authors or helping them on Facebook or whatever. So it's, it's, it seems to come a bit, bit more naturally. It's because it's stuff that I know. Um, I, I don't have to think too much about it. It's not like I'm, inventing stuff like i am with my fiction and having to kind of think oh what happens next what happens next it's it's just kind of, it's stuff that's already there um the problem that i have is trying to structure it um you know i had notebooks and things all over the place and i wasn't entirely sure how to how to put all this together i, I read a lot of non-fiction but i've never really studied how it was put together um so yeah in the end i went for this kind of you know that i worked out that there were when i when i distilled it down three different types of mindset that need to be need to be mastered really 
And that's 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 why I ended up uh, structuring it in that way. Have you gone wide with this book, or is it just on Amazon at the moment? Oh no, I'm wide. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I've got, got got nothing in KU. No. Oh, that's very good to hear. You see, so you've been consistently. I think I've got one short story which um, Amazon Publishing have still got, and I've got no control over that. So I think that's still in KU, but you know that's uh, that's a 99p short so i don't mind too much and who who would you recommend it for us so i i you know i just thoroughly enjoyed it. it's dead easy read um you know i read it before you and i uh, spoke it, it tickled all the right bits as far as i was concerned you know in terms of uh, of an author mindset it was it was broad in what it covered so i i found it a really good easy read who who do you want to sort of pick it up who should pick it up Oh, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the cheesy answer is true. I have designed it for everyone um, and for a couple of reasons. Um, the stuff at the beginning that I think perhaps more advanced authors might think, yeah, I already know all this, but it's a, it's a nice reminder, a nice pickup. Um, and the stuff at the end that the more um, beginner authors might think, actually, this is you know, getting a bit advanced for me. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's stuff in there for everyone. Plus, mindset is, it's not, a thing as in you know if, if you do this you're going to be successful it's not uh you know follow these steps it's it's it's, it's something that underpins everything else it's about having that professional attitude i think it's something that anyone can have um and and improve on at any time i mean i've been writing for five years before you know professionally and, and publishing for five years before i really kind of tried to change my mindset and my way of thinking about things so i think it's it it's stuff that you know people can pick up and learn something from at any point even if it's a, a refresher and something that you know is perhaps phrased in a different way it makes you think differently about things i think it's it is something that uh, that anybody can can get something from before we finish chatting, I just got to ask you about a post I saw you place on Facebook. Um, you put both the relentless. Oh, don't, and- don't! I was, I was probably drunk, Paul. No, no, it's, this is a good. This is a good. This is. A, this is <laughs> oh, is it, was it a proper one? Was it? it wasn't it's one I had to delete. One. It's not. I right, okay. you're all my best friends. It's not that one. Uh, right, right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about you being a relentless advertiser and data geek, but you've added up the oh, total yeah. lifetime impressions for your online book advertising from just the four main outlets. It turns out my book ads have been seen. A total of is it seventy million? Is it right? Seventy million six hundred forty-one thousand six hundred and sixty-nine times. Seventy million times. That's yeah. incredible. Well, I logged into my AMS UK dashboard, and it, right in front of you, it says, you know, that your total spend, total sales, yeah, you cost everything else, and it gives you your total lifetime impressions. I looked at that, and just on AMS in the UK, it was sixteen point one million, and I thought. That's quite a lot. I'm going to have a look and see if I can find out what the total impressions were from, from the other things. I looked at AMS in the US. I looked at BookBub ads, and I looked at Facebook ads. And, yeah, it comes out over, over 70 million times my ads have been seen. And that's, and, but bearing in mind, I laser target my audiences. So this is just you know, crime fiction readers who, who read my type of crime and my type of psychological thrillers. So I think I've probably completely um, vaporized my, my target audience by now. But isn't there a lesson in that figure alone, which is... uh, Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was going to say, yeah, expensive too, but consistent (laughs) and relentless is what I was going to say. You've just got to keep going at it, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm nothing if not relentless. So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no uh, no stopping me if I um if I want to do something I'm going to do it. So yeah, and you, you've got to you know especially when you know without trying to sound um trying to sound odd about it. And once I've you know sold one and a half million books, I've I've got a certain amount of um a certain amount of um 
pressure I've got to keep up, I suppose, on, on myself. And, you know, people expect certain things. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the best thing that's happened to me. And I don't want to let that go. So I'm going to, yeah, keep the pressure on and, and keep building. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us today. Um, I'll put all the links to the book in the show notes for today's episode. And I do just want to congratulate you and sort of take a moment to congratulate you for her last tomorrow, because I do feel that sneaked under the radar and we should be sort of heralding you as the king of indie authors. Um, and, and, and it just seems to have gone by. And, and uh, it's just a brilliant achievement. So congratulations. And, and for you know what? I'll, I'll take the king of indie authors. I'll have that. That's, um, I can take that. <laughs> well, you certainly are. Thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.